Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. So today we have an interesting topic that we want to unpack together. Uh, we have some special guests with us here at the podcast. So Again, exciting. Love it. Love to have guests with us. Yeah. Roland and I, we have both of our husbands, Jason Boucher and Jason Corto. Hi, everyone. So Hello. Jason Boucher, and we'll call Jay, uh, the other Jason Corto, Jay, just for the sake of clarity. Yeah. But, uh, but it's awesome to have some other perspectives as we talk about such an important subject of integrity. Um, yesterday we were going on, uh, kind of an off-roading adventure in the Jeep. It was our first time taking the Jeep. How was that? It was fun. I mean, it was a little uh, underwhelming. We, we, we thought we were going to be like, yeah, we thought we were going to be driving like in the woods, yeah, but it was wanted more to do this for like so a dirt long. road. And I don't okay. know if we knew where to go. So anyways, okay. but there were some pretty scary moments because we had to drive on these dams and bridges that were like literally single lane and we're on the edge and there's water, there's a cliff on one side and water on the other. Like it was that, that part was a little terrifying, but uh, awesome, awesomely terrifying, but there, but there, uh, there were rails on the side. Yeah, there are rails, <laughs> but still, it was yeah. scary. There's like no like. You make it sound like we're like we were gonna like tip off. All we would have dented the car. <laughs> She's worried about scratching her yeah. nice it so Jeep. It was really really fun. It was a lot of fun. But oh. anyways, we drove by this bridge um, that was super sketchy, super, super sketchy. The kind of bridge that you definitely do not want to walk or drive on. The bridge that has been there for a long, long time, that is kind of dilapidated. Some of the cement is falling apart. Hmm. And I just thought about this idea of a bridge and the, the point of a bridge, the purpose of a bridge is to bring you from one place to another. But the structural integrity has to be so that you can make your way sure. safely, right? And if the bridge is that missing... Can, that you can trust it. That you can trust it, exactly. And if the bridge is missing any of its the structural integrity that is necessary for it to be safe, it becomes harmful, potentially harmful. Either you could slip off it, it could break, you know, anything could happen. But how true is it that in life, it's the same, that even as humans, if there is a lack of integrity, or if there's something missing inside of us, um, that's missing integrity, that the very first thing that happens is trust is broken in that relationship. So whether that's we don't trust ourselves, whether that's, you know, in a relationship with somebody else. And it's interesting because there is a certain level of deterioration that is kind of acceptable, like it doesn't become unsafe. And I think in humans, there is too, because the reality is none of us are perfect. But what level is that? And when does that kind of come into play in relationships? I just think it's a fascinating thing to think about. You know, we've all had people in our lives or maybe being those people sometimes but we've all had people in our lives where you realize they say something or they do something and all of a sudden you have this idea in your head oh I can't trust them or I can't trust them in this area 
And, and it's a really, really fascinating thing how it works. I don't even know if we do it, um, like if we realize we do it or if it's a subconscious thing, but we are constantly reading people and we decide, are they trustworthy? Are they safe? And what are the factors that play into that? So when it comes to integrity, I don't know if that if that get, brings any thoughts for any of you, but what do you think about that? You know, it's funny as you're telling the story, Lori, I remember we had gone as a family, my, my dad, my mom and my brother and I, we'd gone to Montreal when the Montreal Expos still had a baseball team. And we had gone and dad said, well, let's find tickets when we get there. And they call them scalpers and you just buy the tickets from them. So as we were walking towards uh, the stadium, there was a gentleman out there selling tickets. And he looked honest. He was, you know, selling the tickets X amount. So dad said, how much? I don't think dad paid that much. I think it was $15, maybe $20 a ticket. And he told us where the seats were going to be. But when we actually walked into the stadium, where our seats were, were much higher than we had anticipated. And he said that the value of the face face value of the ticket was only uh, was actually fifty dollars but was selling them to us for twenty or twenty five dollars so made it sound like he was selling them to us come to find out it was a complete opposite of what he had told us so, so that's the story that just jumped to my mind here we're approaching somebody who's selling tickets dad was fully aware of the fact there are guys on the street who sell tickets for the games yeah. that's what they do so, but what was told to us and what actually we received by what was told to us were two completely different things. And I just remember my dad making the comments as well, maybe next time we should pre-buy our tickets. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. And that always did. And I think that happened to when I was about 11 or 12 years old. Right. And so when I think of integrity, that's kind of the far, there's other stories, but that was one that kind of stands out in my mind as far as integrity. Like if you're going to say something, make sure you you can back it up. Right. Because if right. somebody, if we circled back for let for whatever reason to find this guy, what would he have said? Uh, you know, he would have told us off. He would have said, oh, too bad for you. You should look at the price, whatever. Whatever the situation would have come from that. I just didn't like the idea that somebody said something but wasn't able to back it up. Right. So that's, you know, as you're talking about that integrity and that trust that comes through. Yeah. So what does integrity look like for you? Yeah, for me, I always, when I think about integrity, I think about weight. And I think about how much weight can something sustain without dis without disintegration, without pulling apart, without it. So, you know, using Jay's analogy just a moment ago, the weight of a customer coming forward was in that instance too much, too much weight for that individual just to do it the right way. I'm sure if you reversed it and they, he would have just been honest and open and it, it probably wouldn't have even, I can't even imagine, it may not even have precluded the sale. But yet the experience would have been totally different. Yeah, but the dishonest way in which it went around. So again, I understand it's not a depth of relationship. It's one time you saw this person, you probably never saw them again. But yet it is a lack of integrity in a moment to, to not be able to hold that weight. And, you know, I think all relationships are weight. Everything in life is, it's not always a good, it's not a good or bad. It just is. And so for me, integrity is when weight is applied, how, not, not, is there disintegration? How much? Yeah. Where is it? And am I honest about it? Am I aware of it? Will I own it? To me, those are all the questions. Not, did I do it perfectly? Because none of us can do that. Just where, yeah, where did it pull apart? 
um, where, where, where in my life did that not, did I not measure up or did I not, it's being honest with that, um, recognizing that, not always honest with everybody else, but at least honest with someone I trust that, hey, I could see there was a crack there that something wasn't great on the inside or maybe even my words outside. But for me, integrity is all about weight and what weight reveals. Right. That's what it is for me. I love, I love that about speaking about weight because when we talk about weight and I think of the bridge, I also love that analogy of integrity and trust of a bridge. I, I, since I've been, we've talked about that, I, I have not stopped thinking about my own life as a bridge, thinking when something falls apart, it's so much, there's so much more disaster when I allow things to just fall apart. Like when I don't do the repairs or allow Holy Spirit, because there'll be cracks. There's always maintenance on something and we are imperfect and we're broken. But when I don't allow God to go and declutter my soul space, to declutter those areas, to deal with the cracks, to lean into that, not that I'm going to be able to perfect a bridge. That's not the issue. It's not about perfecting. That's not even the gospel is about perfecting on our own merit. It's about allowing Holy Spirit to continually strengthen, but repair and to work on the cracks as they come and to, but not to deny it or say, oh, it's fine. It's no big deal. It's I, I'm, I've seen that crack there a long time. Nothing's happened to get familiar with our cracks. Yeah. In the bridge, we can become very familiar. And then something happens, and all of a sudden the weight of what's happening in life cracks our bridge and it falls. And right. now the time to repair that, we have to rebuild. Yeah. And that, to me, I, I've just been thinking about when we have to rebuild versus allowing the space to repair, allow healing. It's very different. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so it's very true that um, the weight of the circumstance that's going on in your life will reveal the damage or the cracks that have deteriorated over time within us, like the weight of what's going on in your life. If you're going through something really, really difficult, it's going to put pressure on that. And if it crumbles underneath, you're right, the road back is going to be much harder than if we do the work as we go along life and actually the bridge of our life can sustain the weight of the circumstance that we're in. Because it always, those, those stressful moments or that weight applied will always find the weakest point. And so to your point, Laura, that the stressful situation or the scenario you find yourself in will apply pressure to that and then you suddenly you see the weaknesses or the cracks or the, the stress fractures start to show themselves. Uh, babe, as you were talking, um, thinking about the repair versus the maintenance. Maintenance is all of the things that we don't want to do right. because of the time it's required. Right. So we put it off. And then what happens is the big parts of the chunk of the bridge start to fall apart or a fiber snaps or a cable snaps. That then the time it takes from there is more time, more energy, finance, um, blood, sweat, and tears, whatever analogy you want to put to that, it takes more yeah. than had we just added a little bit of maintenance along the way. You can use flossing, you know, start flossing your teeth. If you floss your teeth regularly, sure. you won't get bloody gums. But when you first start, you know, go to the dentist and they start poking around, your mouth's full of blood because they're poking and doing all these things. Same thing with a car. If we never change the oil or if we don't top it up with gas, those things, sure, you can drive and drive and drive until you run out of gas, but you're in the middle of nowhere and you're stuck. So when I think of integrity, integrity is actually maintenance. What are those disciplines? What are those things that 
I'm trying to do or we as people are trying to do along the way because nobody likes to be have their garbage displayed for everybody to see or their dirty laundry displayed for everybody to see. And I think we actually set ourselves up sometimes by not doing smaller batches of laundry because it just gets too much and suddenly it's out there for everybody to see. And, and that's when it becomes embarrassing. And I know all four of us sitting here, we have those moments where we've done things well and things that we haven't done well. Yeah. You know, there's little stories that pop up in my mind. I think, man, I wish I can go back and change how I responded, how I acted, how I said or treated somebody. And then there's others where I think, wow, I, I thank you, Lord, for the grace that I had in that moment to be able to do right. the right thing. But, you know, the maintenance, I love, babe, what you were saying. I think it's maintenance as far as integrity. Mm -hmm. It's like always, I think, sorry, I, thinking of the roller coasters in Canada's Wonderland, the wooden roller coasters. We would be standing in line, Jay. Remember, we'd go a couple of times. And as the, the, the coaster ride would go by, you'd see the whole frame shaking. These are the wooden ones. And I was thinking, we'd sit there. What would happen if one of the screws popped off or one of the, you know, the braces broke? Well, it's very possible. But apparently I had heard that after so many days or so many rides around, they actually send up teams with their wrenches and they anchor them just to retighten them and to make sure that they're not getting loose. Because you could just imagine what would happen if yeah. the car comes off. And so that's kind of the same yeah. idea. What's the integrity of the, yeah. of the, the bridge? So what would maintenance look like in your life? What, what, what are some of those practices or some of those things that you have to do to maintain the integrity of your life? Well, you know, for me, it's not rocket science. It's going through life, being honest and aware of how I'm going through life. You know, so, you know, as Jay just said a moment ago, you know, cracks, we all have them and they show over time. Um, you have to be willfully or you have to choose to be ignorant to not see your own cracks. I don't mean fixate on them, and but you don't, like, you only have to go some through something, similar thing, the third, fourth time and see how you responded probably in similar fashion to realize you know, no, not everybody else has a problem. Um, I have an issue as well. There's something that I'm contributing to it. And so I think it is being, just being aware of in a situation like this, I am tempted to do X. Or when I go through things similar to this, this is how I typically respond. It's not hard to see those things. I think what is hard is do I then, as Rhonda said, so the gospel's not do I fix myself? It's do I allow the Holy Spirit to heal my heart, to fix my heart, to sometimes it is just a tightening of a bolt and that's fine. Most times though, it's going deeper to heal something under the surface that I'm living out of, living into that I'm not quite aware of. Um, could be a wound, could be literally fear, could be a lot of different things, but it's allowing the Lord to heal that as I surrender and open my heart to him. So Again, that's why I think devotional time or spending time with Jesus is not just reading my Bible. I read my chapter, my three verses, check. I listened to a song, check. I prayed my request, check. It's listening, saying, God, this is broken in me or this needs repair or healing. Um, and I'm not going to try to fix it on my own. I need your help. Help me to fix this thing. So, or heal this part of my life is probably a better way to say it. So for me, it's being aware of going through life, seeing my own patterns seeing the situations that my brokenness creates and then going to the Lord saying, I need healing. 
I need you to heal that. I need you, because this does not look like Jesus, because Jesus, or God, is the God of the universe. He unifies. The enemy divides, disintegrates. And so when I see disintegration in my own life, then I just know, Lord, there need, there's healing that needs to take place. Um, every time I've tried to fix my own integrity, I've usually only made it worse. And so it is that place of surrender, asking God to heal, wow. um, which is humbling, which is um, very, you kind of laid bare. Yeah, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable, yeah. Um, but I also know in Jesus' hands is the most safe. So good. Wow, that's really good. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I, I you know, and I think that's that's exactly what it is for every single one of us. It's embracing the journey of healing. Um, I know for me, self-disciplines play a role in it. And I find that in my life, I can easily be, continue to put off the discipline that I know I need and I need to exercise in my life. So, um, and it could, it could come in anything. I mean, sometimes it's small, it's small disciplines that seem not that significant, but they're part of the small cracks that it depend. like if the more cracks that come, the, the integrity is being weakened and weakened and weakened. And so, you know, the, but it, it's just amazing to me how I can self-justify or convince myself that I can just put it off another week. I can put it off another day. I can put it off, you know, whether it's, oh, I want to get up earlier in the mornings. I want to get to the gym more. I, I need, you know, to take care, even just to take care of myself better. I need to drink more water. I need to, you know, some of these practices that help to bring the disciplines that help you to have the integrous life that you want to have um, can sometimes just be you justify in your mind, oh, it's not that important and I can put that off. And all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, one month, two months, six months, a year later, and you're still telling yourself the same thing. You still want the same, um, you know, you still are trying to do the same thing. But uh, one of the things that I've been continually amazed at in a culture like we have today that says, you know, I want to make my own way, my freedom, my happiness is my own, you know, I get to decide and freedom looks like I do what I want when I want. I, I've just been thinking so much about that, how I think that's actually the opposite of freedom. I think actually freedom is found in restraint. Freedom is actually found in self-discipline, the ability to be able to say no to something. That's actually where true freedom is, as opposed to the inability to be able to say no to something that I, I'm just going to give myself over to every whim that I have as if I have no control over it. Like I, so, you know, I've just been thinking about all of that. And I think that plays into living a life of integrity. I think a life of integrity is a life of restraint. That is powerful. When you, I, I have, I, you mentioned it to me a little bit ago about restraint, and I, I have never heard it said like that before. That freedom is that restraint that they're linked together. You often think of freedom as no restraints. That's actually in our mind what we think. Like I have no restraints. I yeah. don't. But actually, it is restraint. It's ability to say I'm not ruled by that, and I can say no. I I don't need to do that. And it's everything they say. It says in the Bible. Everything, not, things are permissible, but not everything's beneficial. Yes. But that ability to be able to say, this is going to cause captivity for me. I need to say no. Like, I know where this goes. And I have the ability to stand strong to say no, to restrain myself from going that way. I think that is a powerful, mm -hmm. powerful uh, 
mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. truth for us to just think mm-hmm. about. I really yeah. do. So and what I, does it look like for you, you know, maintaining like the, the, the maintenance of your bridge? What are some of the practices that you find? I feel very similar. It is those disciplines, the devotion with God and building that relationship with Holy Spirit in my life to say, you've been given to me because I actually don't know how to do this. I do not know how to repair. I do not know how to even see the cracks. You made the bridge. You know it. You know my life. Help me to see. And I think that's one of my greatest prayers. Jason just mentioned that when we are doing our devotions, it's not just a matter of doing our devotions to read our Bible and to get through the to-do list, but it's even to say, help me to see what I don't see. (laughs) Help me to actually see what I really can't see. And not even to just, to not justify, to be familiar with my brokenness too. Not to stay here. Help me to not be comfortable. Because as crazy as that may sound, we become very comfortable with our brokenness. We become very comfortable with the cracks. And we justify to be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Hasn't really done anything. My life's been great this far. It hasn't really affected me. It's not as bad as so-and-so or this Exactly. So Holy Spirit, help me to see what I don't see. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's actually my prayer every day to be like, your voice is my favorite because it's the truest voice in my life and help me to see what I don't see because I can't do this and I can't actually see that deep into my life. I can't even see what is going to compromise my integrity. There's obvious areas, but there's things when you even think of a structure, there's things in a structure that you may not be able to see, but an engineer could be like, that's an issue. But I may go by and be like, wow, that looks amazing. Right. But the builder of that bridge or an engineer that has actually formed like that is an issue that underneath I see this happening, you're oblivious to. And that's when we need Holy Spirit. And so that's been something. And I just even want to say to those that are listening, if you are at a place where you're literally talking about a bridge has collapsed, the beautiful thing is that God is a rebuilder of every single broken wall, the Redeemer that this is not a message to make you feel more shame or feel like, oh, I have really messed up. I wish I would have lived my life. This is meant to actually say, as you rebuild your life, God will rebuild your life as you surrender it to him. And this is for us to grow and to learn from because we have, none of us here have arrived. And I've had areas, I'm so grateful my whole bridge hasn't collapsed, but I've had big areas in my life that have had to be rebuilt. And I've come out stronger through it it's been way more painful had I not leaned in and moved through all the clutter. I wouldn't have maybe gone through a, that the pain as long and the journey as deep. But God was so faithful to still bring me to a place of healing and restoration. And that's the beauty of God. It's It doesn't matter if our bridge has collapsed at this place. If you're like, my bridge is collapsed or my bridge is collapsing or, hey, I'm great. We're all the same. We need God yeah. to rescue us every single time. Every time and where we think things are perfect or we've got it together, we need God to rescue us the same today as I needed God to rescue me when my bridge collapsed in an area. I need him to rescue me every day. And that's what we need God to help us to see. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, babe, when you're talking about an engineer, an engineer can spot some of those things. In yeah. lives. I, I think for myself personally, integrity is when I have my devotional time and I'm right there with what we've all said, having those disciplines, spending time in God's word, uh, spending time just in prayer, praying for others, you know, whatever you do in your devotional time, whether you're using the soap method or you like to play worship, whatever that looks like. For myself, I, I find I need to be with people 
because I love people. I'm just wired that way. Two things for me is Jesus died for people. So if I call myself a Christian, a little Christ, then I'm thinking of people. And then the second thing is I want to be in people's way. I want to, I want to, I want to have intersections. I want to have, I want to have accidents with people in, in good ways. Do you understand what I'm saying? But for me, um, having a, a self-awareness is, I think, uh, important that we all need. Jay, you were making reference to that earlier, that we understand that we're not going to live a perfect life. Yeah, not- but we also have to give ourselves permission to live life, but understand that we're not perfect. We don't have to try to pretend we're not perfect. So let's just state that right up front. But the lie that we believe we are perfect still resonates within our minds. Because we do, we do that, what you just said, Jay, about comparing. We look at somebody else and, well, it's, yeah, my bridge is falling apart, but it's not as bad as this situation, this right. person, this family, whatever it is. And I think that you're just adding pressure to your bridge to cause a greater collapse. Wow. I, I really do. So when I think of an engineer, and I love what you said about that, babe, is having an engineer is having people in your life to point out the areas of your blind spots. I know what I have strengths that I'm really good at and I have areas that I'm not good at. Uh, in fact, when it comes, when I think of just work administratively, I'm not strong at all. So I have my assistant who takes care of that for me. Why would I try to work really, really, really hard to be better at administration when it drains me, it tires me out, I'll make mistakes, uh, I'll forget certain things. I have to hand it to her. She looks at it, bang, 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 and she's got it in a matter of minutes. For me, it takes so much time and effort. So if I'm thinking of an engineer in my life, one, hey, babe, it's you for one thing. I love having people speak into my life. And I can legitimately say that I do not mind people speaking into my life. For me, the issue is how it's spoken into my life. Okay. So it's not the what, it's the how. So somebody is telling me something in my life in a very, you have to do this, or they're telling you, that's where I have issues. And so my back goes up. But if somebody says, you know what, Jay, there, there's, there's an area that I notice in your life. And I, I just think, and then they share with me, I'm open to that. I don't mind. I, I find I'm, I like correction because I never want to stay where I'm at. So when I think of integrity, I need engineers in my life. You, Jay and Laura, you guys are engineers in my life. Babe, you're an engineer. We have like Rob Molest, you know, Terry and Caroline. I have engineers in my life that I need them to speak into my life to say, hey, there's a stress factor going on here. And I also have verbally said to them, you have permission to speak into my life. And I think that for me was, um, as much as I was able to say it, was the struggle to actually say it, you have permission to speak right. into my life. Because it sounds so good when you say, oh, he's so full of integrity. Oh yeah, he lets me speak into his life. But it's coming to that point to say, listen, I give you permission. So if you see something in me, please let me know. So if I'm saying anything to anybody, just have those people in your life who can be like that engineer to spot some of those areas where there's a stress fracture, a crack, something falling apart. Because we we won't see it. Right. We just simply won't see because either we lie to ourselves, uh, we don't want to put the work and the effort and the time into it right now because it just takes too much time. And we need those people to point out those blind spots. That's right. Yeah, that's so good. And I think the people that you are asking to do that are people also that you trust the integrity of their life as well. So let's pivot this conversation just a little bit around what do you do when you're hurt by someone's lack of integrity? I mean, the reality is that we all are hurt in relationships at times throughout our life. And 
hurts always come out of a lack of integrity in someone's life. I mean, it sounds very literal, but it's true. That's really what it's coming out of. It's coming out of a fracture that causes hurt. It, 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 it's a, a crack or a fracture that's causing harm to other people in your life, whether, whether they realize it or not. I think a lot of times people hurt people and they don't even realize they're hurting people. But when you get hurt in a relationship because of a lack of integrity in someone's life, um, what do you do? How do you respond to that? You know, you usually, if usually forgiveness is, is for me at least is not a difficult thing to engage um, under one circumstance, like if somebody was doing their best or I'll, I'll flip it, I'm not on them, but if I'm doing my best and I hurt somebody and it's my lack of integrity that causes an issue and that's given to me as feedback or criticism or even just kind of, um, yes, you did this. I may not be perfect in the moment, but I can usually receive that pretty well. Like, and respond with that with with a genuine I'm sorry, um, and so for me that that's usually not a difficult thing to overcome. So to ask for forgiveness, to um, yeah, to express remorse, to to do my best to make restitution, that's that's not difficult. What I find to be the most challenging in relationships is, you know, in danger of parsing the metaphor too far, but when my brokenness touches the brokenness of someone else and we are both broken in this place and now need God to move in both of our lives, that is a more difficult place. You know, in marriage, for example, it's fine, Lori, if you're struggling in an area, but I'm strong in that area because I, you know, we can work together or vice versa. Right. We can work together. Where we've had challenges, even within our own marriage, with our own, you know, with our own lives, is when we are both struggling in an area, and we both need one another to be strong, right. but we're both broken in that one area. Mm -hmm. um, then it's like we've been alluding to. Then you need something higher. So we've talked about an engineer. Then, so for me as a Christian, for us as followers of Christ, then we need the Word of God to be the ultimate authority, not my thoughts, my feelings, my beliefs. Mm -hmm. I need something with stronger integrity. My father used to always talk about, you know, like that the word of God is like a level and you can put it on the wall and now you have two choices. You can bend the level, you know, it's a lot easier to do that. Or you can maybe fix the wall, right? The bridge metaphor. Yeah. Right. So again, it's honestly I'm saying is we need the Holy Spirit or we need the word of God in an area where it's not just in a marriage. I've seen it, you know, in terms of bringing leadership. I've seen it in my own life with friendships. I've seen it in my own life, you know, with family that when our brokenness meets, there we need to trust someone higher yeah. and greater. We got to trust God's word because um, there's just brokenness. So when it's just my brokenness and it's pointed out, that's usually not difficult. It's when both brokennesses collide. Yeah. Um, and we both don't have the integrity to do that well, ah, that's when we need God's word. That's when we need others involved who yeah. are at a different place to help walk. And I think that's such a place of humility. That's really good. That's really the good. The humility, I love that, Jay. The humility is, is such a big part when it comes to this sort of thing. You know, it's funny. We've all heard the expression, take the high road. Mm -hmm. And I know I've used this in the past where I said, well, I've taken the high road versus what this other person at this other party did. And then in reflecting back on that, how arrogant that is. Mm. Like really, how arrogant. Oh, I took the high road, they didn't. Right. 
So all I've done is I've just elevated myself over them. Right. Like, hello. Right. At best, at best, you arrived at was self-righteousness, which once again is adding a, a weight to the integrity of brokenness. Yes. brokenness on top of brokenness and, that makes me feel better. And what is that showing up in my life yeah. is a lack of insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to put exactly pride. I got to put myself above somebody else. Okay. And that's where I find I get, I can get stuck. You know, you referred to that yesterday, Jay, in the message, I get stuck, but Going back to your question, Laura, about, you know, if, if a, a party hurts me, I, I think of it in two analogies, uh, two, two spaces, one inside my corral and one outside my corral. So my, inside my corral would be my close friends, my family, uh, Rhonda, the girls, my parents, you know, my brother, my sister-in-law, you guys, that's inside my corral. And then there's, there's outside my corral. So now we're talking people that maybe I just meet them at the store. Maybe I'm driving and they cut me off. So certain people can tell me stuff. Somebody can tell me off and I'm like, you don't know me. You, you don't even know what you're saying. So it doesn't, doesn't really stick or it doesn't affect me. But when it's the people inside my corral, I think my expectation, and that's not always a healthy thing, but right. my expectation on what I'm wanting from them is not met because of what they said. You should all know this is how I want you to talk to me. This is all you should all know. This is what I like. Right. You should all know, again, puts me back in that place. How arrogant am I being right. by making this about me? Yeah. You know, we have our daughter, Jada. Um, in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, you know, do nothing out of selfish ambition, but vain conceit, or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. I told Jada, I said, sweetheart, this is you. This is you. And I've wanting, I love that I see that in her because I want that more in me. I want to be able to see it, but make it more about other people than about myself, because that's where my stress fractures are. That's mm -hmm. where the integrity of my bridge starts to crack. When I put expectations on people and wanting something from them that maybe they don't have a, because maybe their integrity is not at a place. Maybe they're like you were saying, Jay, our brokenness is colliding. colliding. Yeah. And so I, I, I look at it in two ways, people inside, people outside. That's really good. That's really good. I, I don't think there's much even to add to that. I feel like in my life, I identify with exactly what's been spoken about. And when I think of circumstances, those have been the exact circumstances we find up, us trying to find really trust is such a, it's such mm -hmm. an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. This is all about mm -hmm. trust and integrity. They're, they go mm -hmm. together. You can't separate them. But what do you do? So, what do you do when someone hurts you? What, how do you react? How do well, you respond? What, is, how, what does that look like? Yeah, I'm just fleshing this out. I feel like I would, naturally I withdraw. When I'm hurt, I withdraw. And I think... Um, yeah, you do that. You, you, you pull back. You're right. Yeah, Not, I'm really... Yeah. Yeah, I think withdraw. And it's easy to just kind of move on and emotionally detach. So what happens is I just detach my life from yours. <laughs> okay. Like we're no longer connected. That's a dangerous thing too, because God is meant for us to be connected, but there's something in me that's a brokenness in me mm -hmm. that I just detach. And it's easier for me than if I am hurt or the brokenness matches, I don't want to now risk like now more I hurt. more hurt. So I just detach. So when someone has hurt me, it's easy for me to emotionally connect. I'm, I'm there. I can do things with you, but emotionally I've detached from you. Okay. And so my bridge has now separated. Like I've literally put a gap now between us and that gap could get longer and longer. And so that's not healthy because 
that's where God wants me to lean into that emotional space to keep connecting and to move through that emotional pain instead of detaching and being, I don't need to deal with that because it's painful. Yeah. Nobody likes to be hurt. Exactly. We're talking about people close to us because when you have, when you're hurt, it's people that are in Closest your close, yeah. your close circle. It's something that means a lot to you. And you're usually hurt when you're, you know, when you can exchange apology or ownership, there's healing. But when you can't, yeah. like we were talking about that brokenness, when you're stuck, yeah, that's where I feel this gets really messy for me when you're stuck, when you're, you're willing to take that step and they're not, or they're willing to take that step and you're they're not, not yeah. or when you come together, it doesn't actually, you're not able to resolve and you're left broken. Yeah. And so where do you go with that? Exactly. I, I detach and that's my human, but that's where we need God, that higher place to be able to bring us back to that place of forgiveness when there is not a resolve or that person doesn't take ownership to see my part to play and to see what God is doing in my life and how I brought myself to that too. It's not just that person. Sometimes it is. And I'm speaking, there's people that have had things victimized and then that they have to move through trust. I'm not speaking about that today. That's a whole nother thing mm -hmm. of just God doing a deep work there. And that was not something that they deserved or should have been put in that position to have that trust broken. But when you've been in a relationship and you've, you both have contributed to that, God uses those powerfully to go to that emotional space in my own, own heart. Um, I guess to, I didn't really answer the question, maybe as I should have, but what I do is I want to, I want to work it out. I want to somehow figure it out. We got to this point, you hurt me or I hurt you. How, how can we fix this? I, I, like I said, I love people and I want to try to make it better. Uh, if I use the story of our neighbor, uh, one of our neighbors that just, it, it wasn't going well. And on numerous occasions, I've always stuck my head over the fence and say, hey, you know, can we talk this out? What have I done? And he actually accused me one time of, what's with you always asking for forgiveness? So what's with you? You're always trying to, you know, make things better. Like, I'm like, <laughs> wow. I just kind of looked at him and said, like, what? for real? Like, you're my neighbor. I want to try to. So for me, that tension of a broken relationship hurts me deeply. Okay. Like, it really hurts me deeply. So to know that I've offended somebody, I'm like tripping over myself to say, what can I do to improve? Uh, one, I, and then I go into a real moment of self-reflection or not a moment, that kind of a season of self-reflection. How did I let it get to this? How did I make such an error? How did I make such a mistake? And I want to do what I can to rectify and fix it. Not to just to deal with it and then push it back. I just don't like that. Not in my stomach. Yeah. I had a client recently where I had made an error. I filled out a form, and again, it goes back to the administration, but I filled out a form, and it caused an error that went back a couple of years. And when we found what the error was, I realized it was my mistake. And I could hear his pain of what had happened. So I said, I'm going to do what I can to fix this. So I went back. Uh, long story short, I was able to do what I could to fix it and it, to bring a resolve. And he came back and said, you know, thank you that you did what you did because I was ready to uh, leave my, take my business, go elsewhere. And I was like, thank you, Lord. So for me, it's the value of another person is just so important. So I want to see what we can do to fix, but that's not to say I don't get hurt in the process or I don't feel in the process. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, when I listen to all of the stories, I think about my own experiences as well, like with being hurt is that when, when, when somebody's lack of integrity affects our lives, it often affects 
a part of our lives where we lack integrity too. Mm. It's like it touches on our own brokenness. Their brokenness touches on our own brokenness, which is why it causes hurt. Otherwise, it probably wouldn't cause hurt. Otherwise, we probably would be able to just see that situation as their issue or their, but it's because their hurt touches on, their brokenness touches on some part of our brokenness. And then together we have to figure out how to move forward from that place. Obviously forgiveness is probably the most important step when there's hurt and pain and forgiveness isn't always easy. Sometimes it is. I personally find forgiveness easier when someone's hurt me than if someone's hurt Jay or if someone's hurt my Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. I find it easier to forgive if it's just, if it's just between me and that person okay, like I can work through that. But if somebody has hurt Jay or if somebody's hurt someone I love, that's harder somehow. And I don't know why. I don't know how because it's removed or because somehow I, I guess I'm seeing their pain and I can't take I can't take that it's pain away. Yeah. So, you know, so so it causes more anger, resentment, you know, more upset. Or maybe maybe it's also because the people we love the most, they we're vulnerable around them. We're vulnerable around the people that we love the most. So when somebody hurts people that we love the most, people that we see it as our role to protect, it's harder to get over. It's harder to to walk through that that place. But yeah, it's just interesting for me to think about, okay, what stories or scenarios have, have I been hurt in? And what brokenness in me has that touched on? You know, what has made it so difficult for me to get over that? What brokenness in me, you know, is there? And so being able to walk that out with the Lord and allowing God to heal, bring healing to those areas, I think is a way that we can move forward from, from that place. But yeah, that's kind of my little awakening moment in this Mm -hmm. conversation, just seeing like, wow, how many times have I been fixed on what they did? when not realizing like what they did actually touched on some, some sort of brokenness in my own Mm -hmm. life. And if I could just let God heal that, then I could probably move that much more forward in that relationship or in that, you know, that circumstance. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and the, the author of the podcast was saying, um, uh, entitlement is the things that we complain about. Like we'll complain about something in somebody, we'll complain about something politically, whatever it is, but we feel entitled that that should be given to us. And I think sometimes we put that on on people. Yes. We put an entitlement that we feel we it does it should come to us so that people should treat us better. People should walk with integrity around me. Don't you know all the stuff that I've done? Again, it goes back to our our pride. But I just my awakening moment was that that entitlement is the things that I complain about. And when I'm finding myself complaining, having after having heard that, I'm like, yeah, I, th- I think I'm, in- I feel that I'm entitled to this, mm-hmm. to that type of, you know, oh, it's nice that he's driving that car, right? You know, it must be nice to be able to drive, this, or it must be nice to have that house, or it must be nice that. Well, if I'm complaining about it, then I feel I'm entitled to it just the same. Mm-hmm. But has that person put the effort in, like, and then I'm putting myself in their shoes as if I have. And I just think that's wrong. Sometimes you throw that on an, as an expectation uh, for people. You don't have to be jealous of my Jeep, Jay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or Jason Boucher's hair. Because <laughs> you're shaved. 
you know, one of the things that I would just add very succinctly is, especially because we're all Christians, um, is I actually think Christians, you know, we read scriptures like turn the other cheek, uh, go another mile, right? You know, if they ask for your cloak, give them your tunic as well, which again is, you know, we're tunics today, but we understand the analogy, right? Give more. Um, but I do think probably at a future podcast, blah, 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 whenever, you know, Dr. Henry Cloud and Boundaries is such a good book to read. Um, because some relationships are forever and some relationships are for a season and some relationships are just unhealthy. Um, I also think as, as, as Christians, we love the end of a story. We love a happy ending. Of course, we love a reconciled, a testimony. A like We love that. And, and I think sometimes we want to rush there too quickly that some hurts are really just honestly, like we, you know, we've mentioned them a couple, you get cut off in traffic. If that offends you to your core, then you need There's to de yeah, develop something, get issues. over it. Like you should be able to get over you got that. some fractures. <laughs> you got some fractures, yeah. yeah. Road rage is a fracture, right? It's not about the road rage, something else. But, but then there are hurts and wounding and offenses. There are levels of brokenness that touch our lives that are not just get over it. That's gonna take a season to work mm -hmm. through. It could even take years to work through. It could mean the end result of it is, you know, I think about people who uh, maybe had conflict and that person's no longer in their life or they've since passed. It doesn't mean that they have to sit with brokenness, that in Christ there's full healing and wholeness and restoration. But I also think as Christians, we just have to understand sometimes the length of time that God is going to use to heal us is usually different than our time frame. And uh, to trust his timing within it, you know, make your next step that obedient step. God, what are you asking me to do right here to reestablish integrity or to take another step? Because for me, healing, even relationally, doesn't feel like always like progress. Right. Uh, it Sometimes it feels more painful. Uh, it feels stepping somewhere where I don't want to step. But it's trusting God in that, in that moment, right, as he heals. I just think it's important, you know, for anyone listening, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not just like, oh, that happened and now I'm better, right? Right. That's usually in just a skimming surface in Christians' life that reveals a lack of depth, not willing to go there, that only God can do. You know, God is the God only of, you know, of blessing, of nobody also is with us in suffering. He's with mm -hmm. us in pain. He's with us in all those things. I think it's just important to remember that he's there um, and that he is still God in those places. Do you think it's okay if certain whatever certain kinds of brokenness we're vulnerable to and so if people have that kind of brokenness that they become unsafe people in our lives do you think it's okay to to set a boundary to say like you're unsafe for me you may not be unsafe for someone else but for me because of my own whatever because of what i'm vulnerable to you're unsafe do you think that's okay to set those boundaries and to be able to you know, with different people? Yes. But I think how what Jay said a few minutes ago is really important. I think it's terrible that if you go in setting a boundary and you're making that your boundary a burden for someone else, I think that you haven't thought through about that. So, you know, Jay talked about it's not what you're going to say, it's how you're going to say it. You know, we've all been maybe on the end or receiving end of an apology that felt more like they were adding to, you know, yeah. hey, I'm really, you know, I want to ask I you. I forgive free... you for all these things you've done to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it may even be true. Yeah, totally. But it's just, yeah. it doesn't, 
great night you know oh, and then they walk away I mean in like, ministry I, that happens to us often yeah I mean sure. probably on a monthly basis I yeah. forgive you for yeah. how you didn't say hi to me and right. you did this and you did this and you did this and you're like oh okay right and then they walk away I feel better yeah because all your stuff's with me now right. right right and again so but I do think yes you do have to set boundaries but how like again you would never go up to someone no no like, no do you know what I'm saying yeah 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 no but I mean for yourself that you establish like that person's not safe for me. So I'm all like my relationship with them is only going to go to this depth because that. Yeah. Like, I, think, that, I think, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Or is that unloving? Is that loving or is that unloving? So I would again appeal to, I think it's, you need to do that not in isolation. I think you need to do that with a trusted counselor. Uh, it could be a, you know, a psychologist, a therapist, it could be a pastor who's at least trained or a parent, um, uh, someone who's third party out of it who out of this circumstance who can help you work that out a little bit otherwise again it's you know i wouldn't want anyone to do that in isolation like this is only what i need um it's good to involve other people and some sounding boards because we all have blind spots yeah but yes i think it's how i express that but for sure you might need boundaries you might need to you know distance from a relationship to be healed Right. And it, the relationship may reconnect in the future or it may not. Um, but there there are those. Yes, I think, you know, we all have kids. I know I'm talking a lot here. No, you're good. But we it's all great. have. Sorry. But we all have children. If you put no boundaries on your kids, it's that's actually the absence of love. Absolutely. Right. And so, the, you know, but yet if you have too many, it, you stifle and mm-hmm. it creates that frustration as the scriptures teach. So it is with wisdom knowing how do I put boundaries? So healthy relationships have boundaries. And so if you as a person have no boundaries, that the, the, the continued logic is then that's actually really unhealthy. So of course you need to have boundaries, but where are they too tight? Like we just need wisdom. We need others to help us help form those things. Right. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when I, when I think about it, you know, I think about different situations, even just personal situations, you know, where, you know, you reach out to restore the relationship, but maybe it's not reciprocated in the way that you need in order for that restoration to that real like restitution to occur. Or perhaps the behavior that was hurtful in the beginning is a behavior that continues in the relationship. So you're in a relationship. I mean, obviously, you know, some friendships you have choices around, but family, you don't have choices around. And so for some people and Um, you know, I'm just thinking about some people that I walk alongside that I counsel, you know, they're in very, very unhealthy relationships with family members. I mean, like unhealthy in the sense of that they're being hurt continually and continually by the brokenness of somebody else. And so, you know, I do think it's important and I do think it's a loving thing to be able to set some boundaries around how much and how often you allow that person that unsafe person to continue to hurt you over and over and over and over again in a relationship that, you know, is with family that you can't change, you know, friendships. Yes, you can, you have choice around friendship, but I do love that in all of this, going back to what uh, you said, Jason, Jason, earlier on, but we do have to have that self-awareness that if you find relationship after relationship, after relationship, after relationship, the same thing happens over and over and over again. At some point you have to look inside and say, okay, well, I'm the common denominator here. 
and I need to deal with something if I want to have healthy friendships or healthy, you know? So I know there's both sides, but I just, I feel for people who are in relationships that they don't have a choice around where there's just a lot of brokenness and a lot of unhealth that's continuing and that's stopping them from being able to progress in their life. Um, and I think boundaries are are a healthy thing when yeah. when necessary. Yeah, you'll never be harmed owning your side of the street. Yes. And it doesn't mean that other people won't add more or blame more, do all of those things. And and that's where you just need to do wisdom, what you're going to take, what you're not going to yeah. take. It's, all of it can be harmful and hurtful. You can hear it. But what you receive is is a choice. You don't often choose choose what is shared, or but you do choose how to carry it and what to do with it. Yeah. Um, however... Yeah, you're you're never harmed in life owning your side of the street, or whatever that is. For you, someone else may feel you own a hundred percent, but for you, you can see fifty. Then own your fifty and wholly own it. Um, to me, that that is that place of humility. You know, humility is not like that lowly thing. Humility is having the courage to see something correctly or clearly, um, and of course, that's you know through God's word when it reveals it. So you're never harmed doing that. I, I believe boundaries are required because otherwise you're, you become, you could become a doormat. And I think we, it's important to teach people how to treat you because we hear about this whole bully thing that goes on out, out in the playgrounds, but it happens in the workplace too. It happens sure. in church settings. It happens, it happens in the sporting world. It happens in the music industry. It happens in, in the financial world. It happens everywhere. People just want to get their own way, so they'll bully you. So we treat. I, I part of the training when I was going at the beginning at at um, at work was treat teach people how to treat you. And again, if I go back to one of our daughters, she just she's so empathetic, mm. and she will do anything for anybody else. But in doing that, some people take advantage of it. So there are going. We're trying to teach her boundaries with her friends, sweetheart. You're going to have to tell them you can't talk to me like this. You have to stand up for yourself. Let them know because of their, the, her friend's behavior, it's causing pain for her. But we're trying to teach her, step into that place, the courage it takes to step in. And then we want to try to say, hey, well done. Way to be courageous. But teaching people how to do, how to treat us. Because I think sometimes we might mistake what love is. And I think, you know, Jeff, I'm using your example. We all love our kids. And if we don't put boundaries or things in place, what do we really love them? Right. You know, well, no, do whatever you want. It's, it's kind of like, as you're talking, are we, are we needing to have love? Do you want to just take a scab and keep peeling it? Right. Like, how's that? How's that? We're going to create a scar. But it's going to constantly be bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. You're always pulling the scab off. Do we really enjoy that? Mm -hmm. No, but we do it. Mm -hmm. we, we, we just do it. That's just kind of our human nature is we just... Allow people to hurt on us or, or to do something. And so I think if it kind of loops back, pride is kind of the the um, the unhealthy side, but understanding the health of realizing that I need to have myself healed up first. And then when I step into that place and I'm with you, Jay, own what you own, own what you've done. But there comes a point where you have to have a conversation and speak factual. And I think communication is a big, big part of setting boundaries. Not what, but how you're saying it. Not what you do, but how you do it. Having that conversation saying, hey, you know, this is how I felt when this event happened. You know, you guys are good at that. You, yeah. you understand what, what I'm referring to with that. Um, but I think communication is a big, big part yeah. of setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. But yes, I think boundaries are required. And sometimes we set boundaries, but we don't verbalize them. Yes. We just we, we either withdraw yeah. or we just cut that person yeah, out. Fight or flight. Yeah, we and we do that, and we say, "Well, I'm just setting a boundary." 
Well, but that poor party suddenly is now like, well, what's going on? Mm. And you have, kind of have to come to that place where you can kind of sit down and kind of say, okay, let's let's put it all on the table. Let's right. speak factual here because mm-hmm. feelings and emotions will lead us astray. Right. But if we can talk factually, say when this event occurred, I watched how you walked this out. When this event occurred, this is how I walked it out. Right. Am I seeing that right? Well, no, I didn't. I felt this way. Well, okay, hang on a sec. Then you're throwing your feelings in. Right. So you got to kind of peel it back. And that's right. maybe going back to what you're saying, Jay, having that third party, having maybe somebody step in outside of this, you know, the, the common relationship, what have you, to kind of give some guidance. To yeah. Yeah, that's good. that's good. I know when uh when my daughter, Emma, when I take her phone away and she says, Mom, why are you taking my phone? And I say, it's because I love you enough to take your phone away and she says well don't stop loving me so much then <laughs> so sometimes those boundaries bring that restraint that we don't that we don't want but it's true it's true they do come out of love um you know as i as i think about this conversation the one thing that i just want to encourage everybody uh in is that god absolutely can and will heal any and every wound that that comes out of our own brokenness or out of the brokenness of somebody else. And I've watched him do that in my own life. And what happens as we allow God to heal us from the things that happen to us in our life is that we actually get a confidence in who he is as Mm -hmm. healer to be able to put ourselves back into a situation to be vulnerable, to be heard again, because the opposite of that is that we wall up and we don't put ourselves into any form of intimacy and relationship again for the risk of getting hurt. But actually when we allow God to heal us and make us whole, he actually gives us the courage to be able to risk again, the vulnerability and relationship. And I, I, I just, I want you to know with all of my heart, you can trust God as your healer. You can trust Jesus to be your absolute healer that he took every single pain and brokenness that you've ever experienced to the cross with him. And he wants to fully not just heal you, but he actually wants to fully redeem the situations that have happened in your life. He wants to actually take them and turn them into something good and beautiful. I know that sounds crazy because I'm sure you're imagining the worst things in your life, but he actually can take the worst things that have ever happened to you and turn them into something beautiful and powerful, powerful that he wants to use for his glory. So I just encourage you keep giving him those hurts and those pains because they will not serve you. They will not serve you in your future. They will not serve you in your purpose. And so as we go today, we just want to remind you, there's so much more in you than you could possibly realize. And you are worthy of love. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.